the minute that I came to St. Matthew's, I felt the sincerity of the congregation. Our life has changed in such a good way since being here, and that may sound cliche, um, but it truly has. You meet people every Sunday when you come, it's always somebody new coming in. St. Matthew's to me is a place of refuge. Coming to church has always felt safe. It's like definitely a, a place where I feel comfortable. I was led to the church because I, I felt like he was speaking to me. For me, it's definitely a place of love. And um, it's truly some great people in this church that really just want to, that really have like a heart for God and really just want to like just serve. The Holy Spirit has a way of, of sending a, a word to answer some of the questions that you might have. I've seen the impact that it not only had on my family, St. Matthew's, but also that it has in our community. I tell people, because they're seeing the difference in me, and they're saying, what, what are you doing? I'm like, me and my husband, we going to church. What church do you go to? And I say, St. Matthew's in Williamstown. And like, I'm so proud to say that I go there because it changed my life. It's home. It's, it's home.
This morning, certainly he is good and worthy of all the praise, glory, and honor. Amen. Father, we come here this morning thankful. Our hearts are designed to thank you, Lord. We were created to worship you this morning, Lord. So here we are to worship and bow down and give your name the praise, glory, and honor, Lord. We thank you for those trials, those things that are uncomfortable for us, Lord. Those things that try our very existence, Lord. We know that you have called the battle, Lord, and we thank you in advance, Lord, as we go through, Lord. We thank you for what you've done, Lord, and we thank you for what you're going to do, Lord. We thank you for things that are in progress, and we don't even know that you're working them out for our good, Lord, but we're going to thank you this morning, Lord. We ask that you prepare us to receive the word of God, Lord, because that is the reason that we're here, Lord, that we may be fed, Lord, that we can share with others, those who may be in need, Lord, Lord, those who may need to be encouraged, Lord, but most of all, those who need to be saved this morning, Lord. Lord Jesus, please touch, heal, and deliver this morning, Lord. Touch somebody who is out of the ark of safety, Lord, that they may begin to know Jesus, Lord. Proclaim him, Lord, for we know that he is our only Lord and Savior, Lord. Only he deserves the glory and honor, Lord. Continue to protect us. Continue to cover us in thy blood, Lord, and we will continue to give you all the praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name we pray this morning. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a wonderful day to be praising Jesus. Amen. Every day, every minute, every hour, he's worthy. Hallelujah. Ah uh -huh. 
forever. Thank God. We know that worship is predicated on knowing Jesus. You can't worship him if you don't know him. Amen? Hallelujah. So we worship him this morning. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're worthy, Lord.
theos. He is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-sustaining. He's the creator of the universe. All things were made by him. Amen. And without him was not anything made that was made. He is the preeminence. He's better than angels. He's better than Moses. He's better than the law. He's, he's better than the Levitical system. Jesus is our joy. He's our Christ. He's our, he's our way maker. He's our star breaker. Praise his name. Let everything that have breath praise his name. Let the heavens declare his name. Let the earth declare his name. Let them in hell declare his name. He's worthy. Jesus is worthy. Jesus is worthy. What a mighty God we serve. He's worthy. If it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, where would we be? Grace saved us. Grace kept us. Grace forgave us. Grace fortified us. Grace woke us up this morning and started us on our way. I don't know what you've come to do, but I've come to exalt my Savior. He's worthy. Oh, he's worthy. Let everything that have breath praise the name of Jesus. You may be seated. We'll have scripture and prayer. Church, say amen. Oh, don't we look good in this red? I should have worn my red. Our scripture for today will be found in Ephesians, the sixth chapter, verses 1 through 10. That is Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 1 through 10. If you have it, say amen. Verse 1, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in singleness of your heart as unto Christ. Not with eye service, as men pleases, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. With good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whosoever, whatsoever rather good thing any man doeth, 
The same shall be received of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. And ye masters, do the same things unto them, forbearing, threatening, knowing that your, your master also is in heaven, neither is there respect of person with him. Verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. Let us open our hearts for prayer. Most wise and eternal God, who sits high and looks low, Savior who died upon the cross, was buried and resurrected, that we may be free from the penalties of sin. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for the angel of this house, our pastor, dear Heavenly Father, and his family, as you continue to bless him, strengthen and encourage him, dear Heavenly Father, as he breaks open the bread of life into our hearts, that we may receive and go out and glorify you, most wise and eternal God. All those who have assembled, let them have listening ears, receiving hearts, that the word may fall upon fertile ground, Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, bless those who are still on their way, but continue to bless those who are richly here to serve, glorify, and be edified by the word. And when it's all said and done, Lord, let our hearts burn. Let us walk out of this place to share the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, with all that we encounter, dear Heavenly Father, in this world, Lord, we need you more and more. And we need to be the sacrifices that you have called us to be. A living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto you. So in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, today for the pastor who stands firm, preaches the gospel, opens up the word, blesses our heart. Thank you. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord.
you. Thank you. Thank you. Truly God is an awesome, 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 awesome God. And we thank him for his lordship. Thank him for his goodness. Thank him for his grace. We greet you in that name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God. Amen. Now, let me say several things. Number one, don't be moved by all of the evil, deception, sin of this world the wickedness in high places, God's going to deal with it all. Fret not. God doesn't care if you are a Republican or a Democrat or an Independent. You, listen, you determine faith by fruit. Can I get a witness? Not by abortion, not by same-sex marriage, fruit. Amen. You don't have to agree with everything, but you are commanded to love one another as Christ loved the church. Amen. We'll be dealing with that. And, uh, but uh, the Lord is good. Now, let me say this to you. Last week, because I preached the whole counsel of God, I'm not giving you a needle in your arm every week so you can shout. Yeah. Some of y'all sad because you didn't hit that billion dollars. And uh, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. So you could have put that money in church. And God, and God would have gave you a return. Leave that one alone too, praise the Lord. But uh, uh, the Lord is good. And, and, and uh, last week I dealt with that which is forbidden. Forbidden fruit, they were looking for fulfillment. And there were four L's associated with all these forbiddens. The lore, what lured you? The loss, the labor, and the lesson. And all of us are learning lessons about giving in to the lures. Yeah. Adam, eat of the forbidden fruit. David ate of forbidden flesh, fantasy. And he paid, didn't he? Yeah. Ain't worth it. Yeah. Amen. And then uh, Peter ate of the forbidden fish, meaning he, he felt like a failure, frustrated. He wanted to go back to what he used to do. When God calls you, you can't go back. Yeah. I got it. I got ministers who claim they were called and then they recalled. <laughs> oh, I'm a preacher, man. Can I get a witness? And, uh, well, who was that that called you in the first place? Yeah, leave that one alone. And then Jesus, and some of you missed this, Jesus ate of the forbidden favor. 
he who knew no sin became sin. And he said, not my will, but may thine will be done. Can I get a witness? And uh, it's just a process that we go through when we latch on to the law. And, and there's, some, there's some very inviting lords out in this world. Isn't that right? Oh, yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Well, how do you know that, preacher? Because I bit of the fruit, the flesh, the fish. Messed up. It was a loss. Yeah. It was a labor, and it was a lesson. And I didn't go into uh, Jericho when they took the city, and somebody decided to take a guy's booty. And God said, kill their whole family. They touched the forbidden money. Amen. Those of you that are in the church handling money, be careful. Leave that one alone too. Praise the name of Jesus. I'm going to tell it. I, I ain't got nothing to hide. But listen, the Lord is good and uh, we want you to participate in our stewardship drive. Purple envelopes in the back of the pew. Please, uh, we had one gentleman uh, sent us a check for $1,000. He's he, uh, relocating to another church and he said, this is my offering to St. Matthew's, which has been a tremendous blessing in my spiritual life. Amen? So praise the name of Jesus. All right. We have any other announcements up there? Pledge of $250 per person is due Sunday, September 18th. You can place your pledge in the lavender envelopes located in the back of the pews. This concludes today's general announcement. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hey, one brother that belonged to this church and he was playing the lottery. And we got in the conversation. He said, I don't play no lottery. The lottery ticket was in his pocket. Stick it out. <laughs> I said, I said, well, you think I'm a fool? You know. And you know, and then we see we get in them lines and we looking for church folk. Because you done did all that shouting in church. Run up and down the aisles and buying tickets. That's okay. The Lord loves you and I do too. Amen? Praise the Lord. Isn't God good? Isn't he good all the time and all the time? The Lord is good. We're going to have our, take up our offering now. Can I get a witness? Now it's offering time. And God loves a cheerful giver. Don't our choir look beautiful and sound beautiful? Praise Jesus. We're getting there. We're getting there. Praise the Lord. As the ushers and deacons come in preparation of our tithes, tenth, we pray that you will be a cheerful giver. God will bless you and your family. The purple envelopes in the back of the pew, partake of that if you wish to donate towards the stewardship at this point and our choir will sing. Church, say amen.
Hallelujah. Can't stop praising his name. Jesus. Lord, have mercy. I want you to keep something in prayer. I'm putting together a seminar for pastoring. And uh, I'm not charging any pastor. It's free. I want to help the body of Christ with my gifts. Amen. And praise his name. We manage outcomes, order and excellence. Amen. And a lot of preachers preach, but they can't manage. And I want to teach management and administrative techniques. Can I get a witness? And if you want to be an under-shepherd reporting to the shepherd, chief shepherd, you got to know how to manage. Amen? Come on. Come on. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's stand for all between. All things come with you, O Lord.
how the story ends. Glory. You better learn how to praise him. Can I get a witness? The Lord is my life. Praise him. Now, 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 listen to me. Let's stop pause. Let's give our choir and the choir directors a hand clap. Come on now. Thank you, Kim. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Thank you that you that have begun a good work will keep on doing it until you return. Thank you for your goodness, mercy, and grace. In spite of our conflicts, we are confident that we have the victory. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, choir. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Bless. Bless the Lord. I want to, Sister Arnold, I want to do some systematic teaching this morning. Amen. And uh, We're in Philippians chapter 3. I press to the call of God's goal. I press towards the goal of God's calling. No pressing, no blessing. God's amazing grace secures for us a spiritual growth, guidance, and glory. This grace. purposes of value. This grace promotes a vision. This grace gives us a powerful vitality. And this grace ends with a God-glorifying victory. Grace. And grace helps us to understand that we are forgiven of all of our sins. Now let me stop pausing for a minute because I don't think you understand or understand. Yeah. I understand what I just said. The moment you got saved, God forgave your past, 
your present and your future. The reason First John tells us if we confess our sins, he's faithful to just to forgive us, is because God wants us to acknowledge that we messed up. My God. Not only has God forgiven us of our sins, but God fortifies our fractures. He holds our future in his hand. God puts us on high-octane fuel called grace. Paul the Apostle, one of the my favorite Pauline epistles, Paul helps us to systematize Scripture. Now listen to Pastor, because When you look at scripture, the first thing you do is observation. What is it saying? And then interrogation is when you tear the scripture apart and put it back together again. Grammar, history. Uh, And then interrogation leads to interpretation. Interpretation leads to application. God, the Holy Spirit, does not give us isolated views. There's connectivity to the scripture. So if you're going to preach on John, uh, Romans 8.28, you got to know what the first seven chapters of Romans was all about. And then what the eighth chapter is all about. You can't isolate scripture to excite people. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. That's in Isaiah 54. You got to know the context of Isaiah 54. You got to understand what's going on. And so what Paul does in Pauline fashion is that Paul gives us the historicity of Philippians, which is in Acts 16, when Paul and Silas was on their way towards Europe and the Bible says the spirit forbade them to go any further. It was a forbidden uh, voice from the Holy Spirit. No, Paul, no further. And Paul had a vision and the Macedonian man in the vision said, come over and help us. And Paul and Silas went, second missionary journey and Acts 16, you read and get home. And, And the minute they walked into Philippi, Lord have mercy. Uh, they got into a whole lot of conflict. Sometimes conflict is not what you're doing wrong. Conflict comes with what you're doing right. All right. Hey, hey. Sometimes when you when you're in the center of God's will, all hell breaks out. Do do I have a witness? Uh. And so uh, the, that's the history, Acts 16. And, and, and so Paul went in and he and Silas started preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And of course, 
they delivered this girl that had a spirit. And her spirit was to tell the future. And Paul got tired of her and said, come out, Satan, from her. And when they delivered the girl, the ones that were uh, uh, putting the girl up, making money off the girl, they got upset and they told the magistrates and they threw Paul and Silas in the prison and they threw them down into the coldest, dampest, darkest part of the prison and put a guard over them. And, and, and the, Bible, the Bible says that Paul and Silas decided to start a prayer meeting. They start praising God. Now, there's, there's only a certain type of Christian that's going to start praising when problems break out. Can I get a witness? And they, they prayed, and the Bible says that the Holy Spirit did not come at 7, 8, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, but at midnight, Holy Spirit exploded the prison, amen, the gates were open, they were loose, and the uh, guard, who knew he would lose his life, tried to kill himself with a sword, and Paul said, uh, do thyself no harm, put up your sword, we are all here. And the guard said, what must I do to be saved? And Paul said, sing on a choir. What, what must I do to be saved? Teach a woman's Bible study. Go to the retreat. What, what must I do to be saved? Come to church every Sunday. No, Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And thou shalt be saved, and if your family do it, they'll be saved too. Do I have a witness? That's, that's the history. But here in Philippians, in Philippians chapter 1, the four chapters in Philippians deal with the mind. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. How you reason. Can I get a witness? Yeah. And so in the first chapter, it talks about the single mind. Because James says a double-minded man, double allegiance, is unstable in all his ways. Do I have a witness? What is the single mind? He, Paul says, for me to live is Christ. I have no other reason to live but Jesus. Oh, you say, well, I'm not there. You'll get there. You let enough storms come in, you, you'll get there. For me to live is Christ. Not to marry a movie star, not to hit the lottery, not to feel good about myself. No, for me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. Lord have mercy. Single mind. Then he goes to the second chapter, the submissive mind. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now listen to this. Who being God, who being God did not demand his prerogatives, but made himself of no reputation, and humbled himself to the point of death. Wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. So when you get to the third chapter, he's dealing with the spiritual mind which is a selfless mind. 
You know why we so hurt all the time? Because we caught up in self. Yeah. We become victims. Poor me. Self. He's dealing with this selfless mindset. If any man will come after me, Jesus said, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now, let me stop pausing, Park. Let me give you one of my war stories. This one you ain't never heard before. <laughs> I know some of y'all have been here for 30-something years. I done heard that one. You didn't hear this one. It humbled me to realize that without Sister Gordon, I was in trouble. That those of you that are married, your helper, your helpmate, is bringing stuff to the table you don't have. I was always self-sufficient. Always. I could do anything I wanted to do and do it well. Are y'all praying with me? And that led to selfishness, self-centeredness. Do I have a witness? And, and, and so Paul, Paul, Lord have mercy. Paul is homing in on selfless character. You got to lose yourself in order to gain the Savior. As long as you caught up in yourself, yeah, you're fragile. You're going to fall. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna, you're gonna flip. You're going to mess up. Your feelings are always at stake. And people who are easily offended, they are carnal. They're carnal. Well, Pastor Gordon's a jackass. Eeyaw, 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 eeyaw. I've been called better things by better people. Now, don't call me no jackass after service. I was preaching one time. Somebody said, well, Pastor, don't use that word. What word? Ass. It's in the Bible. So I changed it to donkey and nobody understood. <laughs> that is, Paul deals with these purposeful values. He says, finally, my brethren, chapter 3, verse 1, rejoice in the Lord. That, that is, it's a value of rest. Don't let your conflict, your circumstances, don't let all the stuff that's hitting you at the same time dictate the temperature of your attitude. You, you, you are rejoicing. Here's a value system in the Lord. Lord, have mercy. He's your way out. He's your strength. He said, for me to say this is not a problem, but for you it's protection. We got to elevate our minds beyond what we feel. 
Yeah, rejoice in the Lord. It, it is a value of rest. If I'm going, if I'm going to experience rest, I got to have joy in Jesus. I can't let every little thing that the marriage is happening and the kids and the money and the health and or lack of health, I, I can't let all that dictate my attitude. I got to understand, I got to reconsider and then I got to recalculate. He's dealing with values. Mm. He says, rejoice in the Lord. And then Paul goes on to say, now listen to this. Paul goes on to say, uh, amen. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision. Beware of evil influences in your life. Paul, Paul, Paul moves with this value system of saying that uh, uh, if he says we, and, and Paul understood historically, now listen to this, that Jews called Gentiles dogs. So Paul says, we, the saved ones, are God's circumcision. Listen to this without hands, of course, spiritual circumcision, who worship God in and through the Spirit. Now stop, Sister Arno, it's the advent of the Spirit from Acts 2 to Revelation 4. We, we're not doing anything under law. We're we under the Spirit. We are circumcised and we worship God in the Spirit and have no confidence in the flesh. Value system. God will make you lose confidence in your flesh. It's part of this walk. Yeah. Part of, part of this. Part of this. Part of this walk. Hmm. Paul's dealing with this value system. And he says, uh, Lord have mercy. The things, <clears throat> the things in my life, I'm paraphrasing, that made me feel like something was a waste. My accumulations, my accomplishments, and, and, and he's still in the value system, Roy, because Paul begins to say, those things that were in my life, some of you get caught up in the confidence of your flesh. And Paul says, I much more. Paul said, let me lay my resume out. Circumcised the eighth day. Every male child in the nation of Israel had to be circumcised the eighth day. Yeah. He gives his history, his heritage, 
in his honor system. Hmm. He says, I was a Hebrew of Hebrews from the tribe of Benjamin. Now, let me, let me give you some historicity. The tribe of Benjamin, they were some bad boys. I, I don't know if you know this. You go back in the history of Israel, be, uh, there, there, were, there were 12 tribes, and Benjamin fought 11 of them and almost defeated them. They were all left-handed fighters. They're some bad boys. Yeah. When David hid in the cave for, with 400 men, who was his mighty men, David was scared of them. He said, these, these guys are crazy. That is, child of God, when you begin to understand what Paul is saying, I was circumcised the eighth day, I'm Hebrew of Hebrews, I was a Pharisee, I was a lawyer of the law as blameless. I went to the University of Jerusalem, sat under Gamaliel. Gamaliel was the highest prof in Israel. Paul said, those are all my accomplishments. That, that was my value system, but I did a recalculation. Everything that was gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. And I count all things loss for the excellency of Christ. Mm. Value system. You got to exchange something. You got to stop thinking you so uh, important. You so intelligent. You know it all. You have it all. Yeah. You got to let that stuff go. That, that's the devil. Pumping you up so he can stick a pin in you. Hmm. He moves from the value, Sister Arnold, to the vitality, to the vision, I mean. He said, I have to recalculate, reposition my accomplishments, which are like garbage, that I may win and know Christ. Lord, have mercy. God is not going to compete with your sense of accomplishment. God ain't doing that, though. And you know what I noticed? The ones that want the most reverence are the ones that don't have the most intelligence. I've had medical doctors come in this church and I say, doctor? He said, nah, just call me Bill. And then somebody that barely got out of college I had one brother tell me, I'm a doctor. You call me doctor. I'm going to call you something else. See, there's a need for you to be noticed. There's a need. There's a need. There's a need for you and I to be applauded by other people. You can talk about me all you want. The proof is in the pudding. That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. The fact of the matter is, is that uh, um, Paul deals with the value. Then he moves 
to the vision that I may know him. Know is gnusko, is to know him intimately. Some of us know of him, we don't know him. Your only way you're going to know Jesus is to get in trouble and Jesus pull you out. That I may know him. And Paul names three things that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. That means I'm dead, he's alive. I'm dead, he's my deliverer. He's the one that's going to get me up when I can't get up by myself. That I may know him know him, not know of him, not heard of him, that I may know him. Couples want to get married. One of my first questions before I get into your history, how long have you known this person? Five months? You don't know. They hiding something. My Lord. Well, I'm burning. Well, you're going to get gasoline thrown on you. <laughs> that I may know him in the power of his resurrection in the fellowship, koinonia, for sufferings. That as I'm suffering, he becomes my sufficiency. My suffering is connected back to Jesus. Lord, have mercy. Ah, that I may know him in the power of resurrection and fellowship of something, being made conformable unto his death. Surrendered, submitted, silent. That is Paul's vision. If I'm going to know Jesus the way the Bible wants me to know Jesus, I got to give up my rights. I got to give up my self-import. Lord, have mercy. I got to give up all the things that I keep worshiping about me. God is not going to cooperate with your sense of failure. You've got to be broken. You've got to let go and let God. You've got to stop thinking that somebody owes you something. Lord have mercy. Jesus. See, see, and, and, and all my preaching, I, I, you know, I pull back history, you know, when, when I dealt with the uh, forbidden uh, fruit, flesh, fish, favor, we grew up with forbidden stuff from our parents. It's forbidden to pay, play in your good shoes out in the street. They'd take your head off, wouldn't they? It was forbidden. It's forbidden to break the curfew to the house. It was forbidden to let anybody in the house when they went home. Lord have mercy. Mm. Forbidden. 
forbidden to mumble under your breath. Today, folk, kids say stuff out loud. We were scared to mumble. Parents would say, what you say? Nothing, 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 nothing. I ain't say nothing. Our parents weren't trying to persuade us that they loved us. They were trying to raise you in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Paul deals with this vision that leads to vitality, Lord Hammer, and the vitality that Paul starts dealing with is that I may know him. I got to know him. Got to know him. And he moves to that matter of vitality. Uh, Jesus. I got so many accommodations and whatnot in my seven years in the military. I got promotions. I got, uh, you know, the Air Force called me in and wanted to re-sign me up for four more years at $30,000 and 74. That was a lot of money. I had a critical AFSC, MOS, whatever you want to call it. I, you know, did top secret work for the government and I was trustworthy and, you know, with nothing in my jacket that was wrong, like an insurrection. You know, meet me at the Capitol. <laughs> and so, excuse me. And so the whole thing is that uh, I, I, I accumulated within me confidence. In my job, confidence in playing sports, confidence. And when I got called by God to be saved, God said, all your confidences must be put to death. I don't want you relying on yourself. I want you trusting and transferring everything to me so I can transform you. And so, and, so, and so Paul deals with this vitality. Lord have mercy. And then quickly, Paul gets up to the victory and says, I press to the high calling that's in Christ Jesus. No pressing, no blessing. The word press means to persevere, to push. Lord have mercy. Yeah. Now hang in it with me because one of Paul's favorite metaphors was the agonizing race that we're running. Lay aside every weight, every encumbrance, everything that would hinder your running. You got to take it off and put it to the side. It could be a friend. It could be a family member. 
It could be fussing. It could be faults. It could be fractures. Lay aside every weight and the one sin that does so easily beset you. That's the sin of doubt. Lord, have mercy. Lay aside every weight and the sin that easily besets you. And look what he says. And he, he tells you to concentrate. Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of the faith. Now, here's the word that we don't want to deal with. Who set in our lives in motion your race. Your race has been set by the Savior. Every complication, every conflict, everything you don't like is part of the set. There's no coincidence in this stuff. God has set some hurdles for Pastor Gordon. There's some health things I'm dealing with. There's some mental things I'm dealing with. All that's part of my set. There were eight people in my original family. Five of them are gone. Dream about them all the time. Now you say, well, I lost this one too. No, I lost five. And I dream about them every night. And I wake up, and the Lord said, get up and keep it moving. You're going to see them again. Can I get a witness? You got to keep it moving. You can't sit there in a pity party. Well, I feel lonely. Well, you were lonely before you got married, so wake up. (laughs) I'm sick and tired of folk. They act like before they met their mate, they lived a life of bliss. No, the reason you married your mate, because you was in hell and thought it would be better. Leave that one alone too. Oh, I'm in love. I can't even eat. I can eat. I can eat. Oh, he makes me float like a butterfly. And he stings like a bee. Well, I'm gonna tell it, Doc. And you know what? When they when they bring their mates to my study for counseling, all they want me to do is agree with them. And when I don't agree with them, they start looking at me like I got a demon. Well, how long have you known this young lady? Five months? Are you kidding me? Five months? You only you only learned about her last week. Lord Jesus, I'm tempted. I, I would never do this, but I'm tempted. Somebody else come to my study and say, "I say, how long you know? I know her six months. Oh, I knew her ten years ago. She was with me." I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Or, 
Well, let me say 40 years ago because I was married 35. So let me, let me get that. Let me, let me do my math. Let me do my math. Let me fix it. Let me do my math. And most of us got unrealistic expectations in the first place. Your mate's not changing you. God is struggling with changing you. That is, child of God, he uses this metaphor. God has set certain things in your life, in your way, in your path that only he can resolve. So you won't be selfish, self-centered, trying to do everything by yourself. Lord, have mercy. The sanctification process is tough. I drank, I smoked cigarettes, I got high. Come on now. I cussed a lot. A lot. That is, the sanctification process is a process where God is breaking you down so you can let go and let God. And you're not controlling your conflicts. Your children, your grandchildren, your marriage, your job, your money, your health. God is control. God set things in motion. So you can learn to trust him. So Paul uses metaphor of running this agonizing race. And it's an agonizing race. Unfortunate stuff is going to happen. Do I have a witness? Hell is going to come out of nowhere. Hindrances is going to hit you every once in a while. The doctors will give you a bad report. Do I have a witness? Come on, y'all can talk back to me. Yeah. Feel low. Feel... Ah, like I can't make it feel like throwing a towel in, feel like giving up. But you got to press. Persevere. You, you got to keep on pressing or there will be no blessing. He says, I press towards the mark. Uh-oh, that's the finish line. It's not how you start out, it's how you finish up. Of the high calling that's in Christ Jesus. Paul said, I, I've learned how to abound and how to be a base. <sighs> that's what the Apostle Paul was talking about. I've had mayonnaise sandwiches. And I've had filet mignon. I've had both extremes. Do I have a witness? You say, well, why would you eat a mayonnaise sandwich? Because I had Wonder Bread wondering where the meat was. <laughs> Go in the refrigerator in the 50s and 60s. and Who ate the last piece of bologna? I don't know. You made a mayonnaise, mustard. Some people had sugar sandwiches. 
tight. You come to the dinner table and you go, ugh. Mother said, you ain't hungry. That was it. They weren't trying to win you over. Lord, have mercy. I'm, 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 uh, I'm working on a sermon. And I'm, uh, I'm going to get it. Uh, that uh, I'm using the illustration of cycles. The old washing machines had four to five cycles. When you put the clothes in, the first cycle was the water cycle. The, the, water, the water would come in the machine. And then as the water came in the machine, you put your Tide and bleach and other stuff in there. Then you went from the water cycle to the wash cycle. There was an agitator in the middle of the washing machine that would throw the clothes back and forth. These new washing machines, they don't have no agitator. Can I get a witness? And, 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 and there was an agitator in the middle of the washing machine, and then after the wash cycle, there was a rinse cycle. All the water would go out, new water would come in to rinse it, then it was a spin cycle. Do you know all that is reminiscent of the sanctification process? God's got to first let the water of his word in. A detergent to get you clean. Then God's got to use the agitator. He's got to throw stuff to get the dirt out. Rinse you with his rest. Spin cycle. When you come out semi-dry, do I have a witness? See, the problem in the church, we want to bring people in, let them come up the aisle, take two classes and make them a minister. Are you kidding me? And people come to me and say, you know, I think the Lord is calling me to preach. Well, go on back out in the congregation, pray another six months. Make sure you heard God right. Yeah. You ain't coming up in this pulpit. You got people want to do public ministry and they beating on their wives. Ignoring their kids. What kind of mess is that? I press towards the mark. I got to keep running. Hmm. My kids are getting on my nerves. I got to keep running. When the marriage is on the rocks, I got to keep running. When the finances are funny, I got to keep running. Because there's, if there's no pressing, there's no blessing. I got to keep moving. So I can get to the goal line. Can I get a witness? See, I, I, I don't need you to pat me on the back. I've been faithful for 35 years. I've been faithful. I've, 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 I've messed up. I've made mistakes. But I've been faithful. I ain't never lay in my bed on no Sunday morning and call Reverend Jackson and say, I ain't going to make it today. Lord, have mercy. You got to press. You got to keep on pressing. You got to press when Satan is on your, amen, 
on your trail. You got to press when you want to die. You got to press when you want to throw the towel in. You got to press when you get lonely and you feel despondent. You got to press when you miss your loved ones. You got to keep on pressing. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Do I have a witness? I ran a, I ran a hundred yard dash. That's a sprint. In running a hundred yard dash, you get up to top speed and then you shut it down. Today is the forty. Now a hundred yard dash. You run a marathon. That's twenty six miles. You got to pace yourself. Can I get a witness? You can't come up and run with gold around your neck. Speaking of gold, look at that ignorant Negro in New York with a million dollars worth of jewelry. And I think his deacon board came to church with guns. Do you know somebody texts me and says, that you, Pastor? I said, all I got is the little stipend that you get. <laughs> this is why the church and the body of Christ takes hits. Because of ignoramuses like this. The poorest neighborhood in Brooklyn. Are you kidding me? I press towards the mark. I'm going to keep pressing. I want to finish my race faithful. I want to hear the Lord say, well done. In spite of your conflicts, in spite of your pain, in spite of your memories, you can run it this race with perseverance. You got to keep running. Can I get a witness? Isn't it amazing how God took sin from us but never took our memory of sin? Oh, I'm preaching up in there. Romans chapter 7, with my mind I serve the law of God, but in my flesh the law of sin. Oh! Ah. Paul, 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 let us know. After being saved 25 years, he was still struggling with his flesh. Struggling! And you're going to struggle. Can I get a witness? We're going to struggle. And, and every the one thing we can't get back is time. You wasted your time. Can't get it back. Can't get it back. I was telling my son, he's 32 now, you know, we went on vacation. I said, boy, when y'all were little, I did it all. Drove the van and checked into the hotel and took you down to the beach and did this and did that. Now, Ray does it all. Dad, let me handle it. I got it. Because he watched me be committed in my marriage, be faithful to my family. And now he watched me so close that he knows how to do it better 
Dad, I'll save you some money. I can get points for this. Go, boy. But see, my flesh says, "Ah." my flesh makes me feel sad because I'm not doing it anymore. God said, shut that down. Now it's being done better. You can sit on the passenger side and look out the window. You've got somebody that God is using to make your life better. I fought. I'm coming in. A good fight. I finished my course and I kept the faith. Now there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Can I get a witness? You gotta persevere. You gotta press for a blessing. Can I get a witness? If you're going through hell, keep on moving. Keep on pressing. Keep on praying. Keep on praising. I dare you. The Lord will work it out. Can I get a witness? Don't become a victim. Don't become self-centered. Don't become selfish. Can I have a selfless attitude? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I will look to the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth. You got to change your value system. You got to change your vision. You got to change your vitality. You got to change your victory. I want to keep on pressing so God can keep on blessing me. I'm pressing towards the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Now listen to what Paul says. Forgetting those things that are behind. You can't drive looking in the rearview mirror. Can I get a witness? You got to look forward. You got to keep your eyes on Jesus. Isn't that right? You got to know that you know that you know that you know that all things are working together for the good. Every morning you get up is a new morning of mercy. It's a new praise time. Lord, thank you for waking me up this morning. Thank you for starting me on my way. Thank you for your goodness, mercy, and what? Grace. Amazing grace. It's amazing, isn't it? How sweet the sound that saved the wretch like me. I once was lost. But now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Let's stay on our feet this morning. As every head is bowed, every eyes closed, I'm trusting the Lord for some souls. If you're here this morning, you need to be saved. If you're unsure if you're saved, you're not saved. Raise your hand. Jesus is the Son of God, God the Son. He died for your sins, was buried, and rose again. Is there one? Just raise your hand. Be honest with God. 
Do I have any hands up? Is there one? You want to join the Church of Christian Experience? Is there one? We are rebuilding this branch of Zion. Come on, come on up. Come on up. Look at Jesus. Stand right here. Thank you, man. Is there another? He said, you be ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. Is there another? Is there another? Love to have you. Is there another? No pressing. No blessing. Father, thank you for this soul. Thank you for your word. Thank you for giving Paul a new value system. A new vision, a new vitality, a new victory. Help us to press. Not to fuss. Not to condemn others. Not to do evil. Help us to press towards the mark and goal of the high calling that's in Christ Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, no pressing, no blessing. God bless you all. Dismissed. Have a great day. We love you. Hello. We glorify our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and we are excited to be back to church on site. As you may know, we were closed for 16 months due to the pandemic. In response, the Lord has laid on our senior pastor's heart a sacrificial pledge to our Lord. And we are excited and asking everyone to participate and give a $250 sacrificial pledge to help us offset monies front-loaded in our recovery from the pandemic. This pledge will be due by September 18th, 2022. Here are a couple ways to give. Please consider giving online following these easy steps. Visit our website at stmatthewsbc.org. Click on Giving Payments. Click on Donations. And choose Sacrificial Pledge 2022 to complete your transaction. Or feel free to mail in your Sacrificial Pledge to St. Matthew's Baptist Church, P.O. Box 817, Waynestown, New Jersey, 08094. And remember, as you give, God will surely give back to you, just as it says in Luke 638. Give, and it will be given unto you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Thank you in advance for your pledge, and God bless you. Did you know you can give using your smartphone? The method is simple, safe, and speedy. To give using this method, search for the SMBC app in your iOS or Google Play Store and download. Then launch the app and click on the Give button. Or feel free to give through our website. Go to www.stmatthewssbc.org, click Donation, and fill out the St. Matthew's Secure Contribution and Payment Form.